Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 213, Iron Fist, Episodes 8 through 10, The Blessing of Many Fractures, The Mistress of All Agonies, and Black Tiger Steel's Heart. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. This is part three of our Iron Fist Netflix coverage. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here for another round with Danny Rand, but I'm not here alone because I don't think anyone deserves to take on Danny Rand alone, not when he has the Iron Fist. No, I have here for protection uh, the ninja in training, and that would be Agent Samantha. Welcome back to the show, Agent Samantha. There's been a few episodes. Yes. So I finally get to hear your take on Danny Rand. Uh, <laughs> you want to, okay, in short, if you have not heard my voice messages, in short, this is my opinion of Danny Rand. <sighs> <laughs> I, mm. I've said it before, mm. I've said it again. <laughs> Uh, there is so much sighing going on on our phone calls when we call in. <laughs> but, um, hey, uh, you haven't been here to talk about episodes one through seven. And so I was wondering if there are any just anything, any standout comments for you um, as you're thinking about episodes one through seven before we get into episodes eight, nine and ten. Samantha. Generally, I um you guys have talked a lot about how Danny is just naive. He's not immature. And I actually feel that he's being portrayed as he should be only being, he should only be portrayed as naive to um, modern New York society and the business world where, but unfortunately I feel like the character is being, portrayed as immature which there's a huge difference because i from what i understand uh denny Rand from the comics is a very spiritual character he understands his mission um but here in the show he's he's going back and he's behaving as if he's had little to no training which after 15 years i'd one would expect that a warrior monk or someone trained by warrior monks would take and being disciplined the way he was, uh, that was basically abuse. Um, or, you know, as, as you would take this, this form of discipline, um, you would think that he would be very, um, very attentive to following the rules and following the guidelines that he has been given to him. And he's, done nothing but stumble over himself like he's a, a 10-year-old boy. So, I, I'm just not happy with the portrayal <laughs> or the way the character, or even just the show overall is being, has been treated. So, yeah. so you don't have the highest opinion of, of Danny Rand then? Is that, is that uh, kind of what I'm I, hearing? Yeah. 
I wanted to. I really did. That's I also, really did. Also a theme of the phone calls. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So, well, we've got... <laughs> we've got... Uh, uh, I don't want to call it a mixed bag. It's not a mixed bag. It, I don't think you could call this a mixed bag of episodes that we have here. But we're going to get going in, in just a moment. But uh, for people who are just joining us for our, our coverage, just a real quick uh, overview of how we cover the Iron Fist episodes... Uh, the format is this. We do our intro, which Samantha and I have, have just done. And then we will be talking about the three episodes for this pod, um, as we're calling them, stealing from the language that they used when they talked about uh, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. last, sem- uh, last semester, <laughs> last <laughs> season. And um, so starting with episode eight, uh, in a moment, I'm going to play the voicemails that we left when we first binge watched the the series of Iron Fist and and then Samantha and I will come on the mic and talk about it uh, with the benefit of hindsight as well um, and then we'll talk about and then we'll play the episode, uh, the the voicemails we left for episode nine and then we'll come back and Samantha and I will talk about it and then then for episode ten and the people who called in are um, myself and Samantha Stuart who if you've listened to the last couple of episodes you've heard Stuart's voice and then uh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel and I are the creators of Welcome to Level 7, and he was on um, just the majority of the episodes so far he, he's been a part of, but he hasn't been on for a little while on mic, but he does get on phone. He he calls in after watching Netflix episodes, except for episode 8 and episode 9, which he couldn't be bothered to call about, uh, which he'll he'll give his excuse if you want to call it that when he, <laughs> he calls in for episode 10, but um, yeah, Daniel, that's... Yeah, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, for now, Samantha, let's uh, listen to the past us of the past as we move on into the future from our present time. And let's listen to what we had to say about Episode 8, The Blessing of Many Fractures. So, okay, so Episode 8. Yeah, that one was really boring. I don't know anything about Episode 10, and I haven't watched it yet. But come on, you you fly all the way to uh, to China, and and the the least you can do is maybe burn down somebody's heroin factory. I don't know what to, to think about this series. I hope it wraps up nice and neat and with some intensity. But right now, it's just really just like dragon. Not dragon, not like, you know, Iron Fist of the Dragon. It's like dragging. You know, it's really just slow and pacing and plotting. And I, I kind of feel like Ang Lee's Hulk is happening here, but without, you know, any emotions or any in-depth storytelling. I feel like Danny is incredibly naive and I realize that they're trying to play him up like he's a 15 year old or or a little let's say a little kid and he doesn't know the ways of the world and all that sort of stuff and I guess that's fine but they just don't do it in a way that makes sense they just it it makes me feel like it's a bad acting rather than on purpose earnest on purpose earnest that's my Ernest Goes to College cover band. All right. Peace out, everybody.
Hi, it's past Samantha. I just finished watching Iron Fist, season one, episode eight. Wow, they used a lot of caro syrup and red dye in this episode. (laughs) Um, If you guys don't know, caro's were fake movie blood. Um, Man, it was like, I couldn't, it was like a cross between Macbeth and The Shining. It was just, or that elevator scene with The Shining. It's just, you know, just a lot of fake blood everywhere. Um, and Ward is clearly losing his mind. Uh, let's just see how this goes. Still hanging on. Still watching. Still not entirely happy. Though they are doing a lot of references to the rest of the MCU. I'm just wondering if that's because of poor writing or because they're trying to connect all the Netflix shows together before defend- they start Defenders. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm personally going for poor writing myself. But then again, you know, it, it it would be natural that Claire would receive a letter from Luke Cage. So uh, there were just a couple others that just felt excessive. Uh, but yeah, lots of fighty fighty, uh, lots of sword play, uh, and which I'll get into when we do the discussion. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Episode eight. Not great. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start with, all, with this episode. Uh, hello, future people. This is Ben from the past, sometimes known as Past Ben. And this episode, not great. Uh, not, you know, up until this point, there's been some good episodes and some one really good episode. And, and this is the one that kind of... I guess balances the tipping point there. I don't know how you balance the tipping point, but you know what I mean. We have the great episode, the middle of the road episodes, and now we needed one that would come down and dip below, uh, just the same way that episode six dipped high. This thing should have been good. It could have been good, but the whole trip to China with no plan. I mean, that's just the way Danny Rand operates is he has no plan and just goes into things without thinking about what he's there to do. <laughs> and, um, Catherine Madden Gao, now maybe, maybe, uh, you know, she is totally just letting him capture her, but at the same time, no, I mean, it doesn't feel like that, you know, she's, it just, the plot is, this is a, this is not a string episode, this is not a, we need to get from this point to that point, and you have the string on the board, you know, connecting picture to picture, like we had, you know, the second to last episode of the, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where we needed that episode to get to the last episode, but it wasn't like we needed to just hit all the points, and so we're going there no matter what. This is what this episode eight was. We had to hit these points. We're going there no matter what. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. We have to get there, so we're going there. And uh, not not great. The fight scenes should have been uh, standout fight scenes, and instead they were just blah. Totally blah. I I don't even. Yeah. Uh, there's some funny lines from Claire, although Claire just doesn't feel like she should even be. There. Why is Claire there? And why won't Claire just open up her big mouth and say, "Hey, I have a friend." I mean, she's saying, "I saw someone fight the hand," but she could say, "Hey, there's super powered friends of mine, and we could get together with them and take care of things." 
But that has to wait until the defenders. That's all. That's all I got. Godspeed, future Ben. Godspeed, future people who are with Ben. Bye. Okay. So, again, <laughs> there's a theme. There's a lot of sighing. But there's also um, not a lot of love for this episode. Not, not a lot of it. I think Evan liked this episode, but from what I understand, he he liked every episode of of Iron Fist. So, um, yeah. So the blessing of any fractures. I, here's the synopsis for those of you who uh, do not remember what happened. Basically, it comes down to this: Danny can't find Harold because Harold's pretty much dead. But Danny does find blood and think that it's the hand who did it. And Ward is just aghast. He's aghast, I tell you, uh, that the hand might have killed Harold. But, of course, Ward did. But Danny doesn't know that. And he calls Danny cancer. And then Danny leaves this part of the plot and heads to the real plot of the episode, which is that he and Claire and Colleen are going to take a road trip. And that is my secondary title for this episode. And that is Road Trip. They're going to go to take the battle to Gao in China. And Claire and Colleen insist on going. So as they fly there, banter happens on the plane. They talk about relationships where Claire asks about Danny and Colleen. And Danny asks about her letter from Luke Cage. And they talk about ethics. Claire thinks that killing is wrong and life has value. But Colleen defends Danny because Iron Fist, that's beyond that sort of thing. And then they talk about turbulence. Because Danny freaks out and they calm him down. And it's understandable that Danny would freak out because of what happened when his parents were caught in turbulence on a plane with him. They ended up dead. So I do you think that's legitimate therapies to have him during turbulence, have him talk about his parents crash? I'm not sure if that's legitimate therapy or if. Claire was just trying something. It sounds it definitely sounds like legitimate sitcom therapy. Um where you you conquer your fear by putting yourself in that situation, uh, maybe from the forties too. I don't know, but um, um, it it I, I don't know. I mean, they're lay people, you know. Uh, Claire's a nurse, but she's not a psychologist. True. So, you know, it, but it, it gets us some exposition, you know. And that's that's always not always good, but it's good sometimes. Is it well executed ex- exposition? I'm, I'm gonna go with. It's okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in the, on the side of yes. I mean, it has okay. to go somewhere, and this gives us a legitimate reason for, for it to be brought up. You know, right. it's, it's, it's natural that you would talk about a similar situation in your past when you're going through a situation in your present. So this one, they get the benefit of the doubt from me. Okay. Yeah. So, um, in China, we get some, some techniques, uh, that get used, uh, for, I won't call them martial arts techniques, but they're, they're martial techniques. Colleen uses the, you get more flies with honey than with vinegar move to get information from a beggar about, uh, Gao's compound thing instead of Danny's idea to capture and beat up a guard and, and Colleen's idea works, um, Claire uses the classic honk the car horn to get your friend's attention to warn <laughs> Danny and Colleen that Gao is coming in after coming in for after they've already gone inside. And then we get some cool fights. 
kind of cool fights. Some cool fights. Uh, Colleen battles a female warrior uh, from the hand. And Danny battles a male warrior from the hand. Um, Danny gets the cooler style of enemy because the guy he's fighting uses the drunken warrior style fighting. Uh, but Colleen gets a better shot battle. And I think it's because the the person who plays Colleen is a better martial artist than the person who plays Danny. And so yeah. they're, able to, they're able to keep the cameras running for a, a longer period of time. Um so, you know, we split the difference and both both battles end up being cool, but um, cool for different reasons. Then they fight some of Gal's goons as they're trying to, you know, go after her and they have poisoned weapons. And after seeing the effects of the poison on the actual people, <laughs> Danny recognizes that effect and realizes that Gal killed his parents. And he uses the power of the fist to capture Gal. And she's captured. Um. And then there's the Joy Ward stuff that's going on where they're getting fired and they're going to get a severance pay of $100 million. Ward will agree to anything. Joy won't agree to anything. She's going to fight. He's going to break away from her and try and make a separate deal. But it's too late because she already completely ruined that plan by rejecting the severance offer. So Ward confronts Joy and then she shows him that she has information on every single board member that's really compromising because she hired a private eye. And then Ward shows her, decides he wants to show her his secret, and he's going to take her to the penthouse where Harold was. But no, because uh, in your call, you mentioned Macbeth, uh, Samantha, but for me, it's a telltale heart where he, he's the guilt of everything. But then you and I both had the thought of The Shining, which how could you not when the blood is coming out of the elevator? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's our two major, major plot lines going on here. Um I think my first comment is we get references to all three of the other uh, defenders. Um, Joy hired a a private detective who was pretty good at her job when she wasn't drunk. And um, they mentioned the letters that Claire is getting from Luke Cage from the prison. And Claire also mentions her friend who has fought against the hand. But yes, who doesn't, you know, when she comes up against the hand, she does not call him because. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, I had forgotten when I was thinking about this, you know, Luke Cage was in prison. So yes, you, that makes they, sense. They couldn't call on him. But Matt Murdock is not in prison unless you want to include the prison of his own making. That is his own guilt. But. No, he is absolutely someone they should have called in on this right now, right there. And absolutely. Yeah. But they don't. And so Danny's partners, I mean, I, I say this and it sounds bad, but it actually isn't. They, they are really super helpful to him. Um, but Claire and Colleen go with him. It's just that feels like, I mean, what? And again, this comes from my call, but uh, what's Claire doing there? You know, she's, yeah. she's there to honk the horn in the car and that's helpful, but it, it feels like, you know, she's tagging, tagging along on a bad date, a really bad date. <laughs> you know, I, I've been that person before now that you mention it. <laughs> now the bad date didn't involve, you know, kidnapping, uh, across international waters, um, a crime Lord, but 
still, I, I remember being that, that third wheel on a bad date once. So, no hand-to-hand combat? None. None. Mm. It might have made things a little more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of hand-to-hand, I actually want to talk about um, the fight with the drunken warrior. Yeah, that's that's what I call them, the drunken warrior. But. Um. So, yeah, in research for getting preparing for this podcast, um, he's based on a a character from the comics who is um, he's the defender of the hand, and he's very much a parallel uh, of of the Iron Fist. And for the life of me, I could not understand why they didn't save this character for you know later seasons when it would mm. really be really interesting to see this yin and yang of um these two characters fighting but instead we got a cheaper version yeah yeah i mean he uses his uh his flask or whatever is that what, what you would call it as his weapon and that's cool right uh, and that that fight flirts with the stuff I'm, I'm wanting to see because you actually have these, you know, it, it's almost like the boss levels, you know, where you, you actually have the, the battle with <laughs> this more powerful guy, you know, and, and so both Colleen and Danny get their more powerful guy. And then, um, but then they move from the boss level to all the goons <laughs> and it's kind of, <laughs> wait, but um, yeah, it, it flirts with the stuff that I, I was wanting to see, but the big thing, the big thing that bugs me about this is why in the world did they do this where they just shift all the characters over to China only to bring them back to New York? You know, it, it just – Madame Gao was already in New York. Yeah. I... And so it just to me – there was no reason to have this whole thing where they go to China. And next episode, we'll talk about more of the problems I had with why they are in China in this episode, only to come back to New York in the next episode. But it just feels like, you know, you don't need to go there. No, you're already here and just do some cool stuff with where you're at. So, yeah, I mean, they could have gone to Queens, Brooklyn, Chinatown. Or Which, just upstate yeah. New York, you know, in, upstate New York, in the forest, Staten or, Island, Staten yeah. Island. There you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Rhode actually, Island for that matter. You know. Yeah. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that Staten Island, while it is a borough of New York City, it's mostly farmland. Did you know that? I did not know that, but I yeah. don't know anything about that area. So you you could have oh. told me almost anything, and it would have been yeah. I did not know that, except I I know that the Statue of Liberty is in there somewhere. Yeah, it's it's a smaller island off of Staten. It, um, yeah, I saw it on a, I think a Travel Channel documentary about the boroughs of New York City. Well, it yeah. it just it just doesn't make sense to me. This whole thing where we're going to just go to China, the three of us, um, when they could just as easily have just done it, and, and it wouldn't have changed anything. So, yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, but they, they're flirting with the stuff I'm looking for. They're flirting with the stuff I'm wanting to see. And I'll give them credit, you know, for bringing in the guy, the, the drunken master, um, which, you know, it's based on a comic character, but then it's also based on that trope 
of of the drunken master who right you know is he really drunk or is he not is 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 his drunkenness what helps him or is he faking drunkenness to help him to put you off your guard and um I, I, I like the trope. I like what they're playing with. And Colleen's battle is, is decent. But. Um, well, Colleen's battle, I had issues with because obviously the woman she was fighting, who I cannot find a cast listing for her anywhere. Um, but I thought that it really showed how unskilled uh, Jessica Henwick was with martial arts compared to the other lady. Uh, who I wish I had a credit for her, but I cannot find for the life of me. <laughs> because that other lady was really good. Like, impressive, like, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Good. And and this is a major weakness for the show. Yeah. Uh, they, they talk about how, you know, they wanted to get the right people for the the, the role. And, and I get that and I understand that. Um, but at the same time, if they had hired martial artists who can act and, and I'm sure they looked, I, I I'm, I'm sure that they looked, but um, they would have been dancers. Able, yeah. Although Colleen to me, mm-hmm. she, when she walks, it just makes me think of a dancer walking just the yeah. way she holds herself, you know, with her shoulders up and, and kind of the, I don't know. There's just kind of this, not a bounce in her step, but kind of a, a grace to her step. Um, I'm sure that there's dancing in her, um, in, in her acting history or whatever, but right. A- anyway, it, if you hire someone who knows how to do all that stuff, then you don't have to hide with the quicker cuts that they don't know how to do this stuff. And they didn't have time to train them to do this stuff, which is another, another thing where when you hire someone who's an actor first, a lot of times, if you're doing like a big budget movie, you have time to train them to do the thing. And this is not a big budget movie. This is a down and dirty. We're going to shoot this thing quickly, uh, comparatively speaking and, and get out 13 episodes. And, and, and that's, that's one major harm that Iron Fist has, has mm. done. So, you know what, if I was doing like fantasy casting, I would put summer Glau as Danny Rand, because if you've ever seen, the movie Serenity, she's a dancer, but she can do all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. And I've seen other people who are dancers that they've been able to, you know, put them in these kind of uh, fighting martial arts role and they're able to pick up on it because they have that kind of, uh, I don't know, physical body memory kind of thing that they're able to pick up yeah. on it easier. So. And uh, martial arts, there's a lot of it that is, um, the way it's taught, if it's taught very slowly, it feels like a dance as you're doing it. Um, and one of the big criticisms of Aikido is that, oh, no, it's not really a martial arts fight because the way it's taught, it's taught, especially to the lower ranking people, it's taught very slow. And it feels like a dance when you're in it in the moment. But as you progress and get closer and closer to a black belt, it's more of a fight. And you're going to hit that ground hard. Um, and... Um, dancers tend to excel well, extremely well with Aikido because they already already have that strength. They already understand um, using their center of gravity and Mm -hmm. balance uh, (laughs) with another person and how to use that against another person to make them fall. 
And you see all that stuff you just said is stuff that I know in my mind, but I also know in my mind, I will never experience. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, for me, any kind of physical activity is just straightforward. Just move and no grace, (laughs) no grace, no rhythm. Um, but fun. Let's put it. I'll I'll say that. So, okay. Uh, Well, no grace, no. No grace, no rhythm. Just own the moment. Just own it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, anything else about um, Danny's plot before we uh, close up on on Joy and Wards? Um, nope, that's it. Okay. So, what about Joy and Ward? Do you have anything more about them? I mean they they go through a lot of up and up. Ugh, they go through a lot of ups and downs in this episode. I think that Joy should have taken that offer and opened up a horse ranch and she would have had plenty left over for retirement. Yeah, because she's not going after her dream now. She's going after the thing that she's fought hard for. Right. And, and there's, oh, I can't remember the term for that, but there's there's a term for that in in business and in, in like um, in career coaching where you just cut your losses and and it's it's this kind of failed return where you've put so much into something that even though it's failing you you want to continue going with it just because of what you've put into it and really you need to just let it go and and not put more into it because you're 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 feeding a sinking ship to mix some metaphors that sounds like a term I need to know for myself. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember it right now, but um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Or I, I was looking at them. I was like, with as much off money as they they are offering the both of you, you could start up a small firm and then work up to what you already have. You could start another company, start fresh, and you know, kick the competition's rear end. Or you could fight dirty. Yeah, which is what Joy is going to do. So, or you can just open up that horse ranch, you know. Or that, which yeah, <laughs> uh, Joy would probably just have a lot happier life if she did. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's kick this over to past us, and let's listen to what we have to say about episode nine, "The Mistress of All Agonies." So it should be called the Immortal Harold Meacham, don't you think? Um. <sighs> I kind of thought her sensei was going to be stick. Oh, by the way, this is Stuart from one of the hosts, maybe. And and this is past Stuart's hey, past Ben, and, and this in future Ben, and, and past Daniel, maybe, and, and other past people. But we're t- present people. Do I get presents? I should get a present after watching this. Um, yeah, I... I do like the mysticism. I do like the idea that he uses his chi in his hand and, and all that. Uh, but yeah, it's this slow going. Um, I kind of wish Inigo Montoya would, you know, just chop the rope and let us die. Let's just end this misery. I don't actually want to die, but man, this slow. This show is slow. Hopefully, we'll get better. This was season, this was season one, episode ten. Something that I don't understand title. So here we go. All right. Uh catch you peace out later. Bye. 
Hi, it's past Samantha. I just finished Iron Fist Season 1, Episode 9. You know, you could probably sum up Iron Fist into two aspects. The Netflix Iron Fist. Um, by Daniel's, oh, I feel sorry for Daniel. By Daniel's esteem, I would say that the comics are probably a lot better. Um, but here in Iron Fist, we learned that not only can, when his hand glows, can he punch and create huge holes in the walls, but he can also heal if he opens up his hand, which I thought was really cool and very well balanced for a fantasy story. On the other hand, the ridiculousness of taking an origami throwing star and throwing it at a wall and having it stick to the wall like it's an actual throwing star, that's impossible. When I have made throwing uh, throwing stars out of foil before. And do you know what happens? Instead of hitting the wall, it curves because the force of the air hitting the foil forces the the blade or the the point in the star to fold <laughs> or to you know curve so yeah it's it has really cool parts and then it has these really ridiculous parts and i just keep seeing these real these huge weaknesses in the script and just inconsistency with characters and uh on the other hand in farmville i have created a ton of butter yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should start rating on how much butter I make in Farmville. I don't know. Anyways, uh, on to episode 10. Bye. Well, future Ben and future people, greetings from the past. It's me, past Ben. And, yeah, I, I know. Uh... We got sick. We finally get sick. The family's been getting sick. Everyone in the family's sick except for you. You finally get sick. And what happens? It's not even like a bad sickness. I mean, it's, it's bad, but you did not get down. You weren't able to binge. And so you're finally getting to this episode here. And in the meantime, you've seen uh, Electra, the movie, and it has more exciting choreography and fights than the Iron Fist. And you've also seen Legion episode seven, the penultimate episode, and it's so so good. And then you watch this episode, and it's better than episode eight. Of course, we're talking about episode nine, but not much better than episode eight. It is yet another episode of Danny Rand makes bad choices while his friends enable him, and also when people show up to just plain help him to illegally take sodium pentol or whatever it is. From a lab. I mean, come on, people. On the flip side, you have uh, Harold Meacham, who, you know, just a couple episodes earlier, was thrown into the origin story of what could have been a great swamp monster story. Instead, <laughs> of course, he comes back to life and uh, he's you know, le- relearning it. Actually, what they do with the Harold Meacham stuff, that's pretty cool. But what they're doing with Madame Gao, what is up with that? She's just letting herself be tied to that chair. Uh, she punched Daredevil across a warehouse. She punched Iron Fist across a warehouse. Uh, I think it was warehouse for both of those. But how is what is she? What is she 
doing? Is she is she letting them hold her? Because if she's not, then there's some inconsistency or something going on here. They're gonna have to explain something with that. But I think I honestly wouldn't have a problem with most of this if the last episode had not taken place in China and they took Madame Gao on an international flight back to the United States and carried her across the city into the dojo where they tied her up in a chair. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on, story guys. You can do better than that. So, yeah. I mean, it's still not terrible. Still not horrible. Still not very bad. It's 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 fine, but it's not great. And we got some pretty big things happening here that are causing me to feel like it's not great. So, this has been from the past. Talk to you later. So Samantha, when um. When Evan watched this episode, he contacted me immediately and said, Ben, have you seen episode nine yet? And I said, no. And he said, you need to see episode nine. And I said, well, I'm, I'm like on episode two right now. Um, and the reason was uh, because of the whole thing with Harold coming out of the lake. And basically, we've just seen the origin story of a swamp monster play out before our eyes. It's not Swamp Thing or Man Thing, but it could be. <laughs> it very easily could have been. Um, yeah. And, and so just quickly going through the plot, Harold, in my plot synopsis, I wrote, Harold is a swamp monster. And he walks back <laughs> to the city, slowly gaining back his memories as he does. It turns out that each time Harold dies, he's going to come back worse. So... Harold connects with Ward, doesn't like what Ward's doing, and he has Ward arrested for drug stuff. And then he kills Kyle, his assistant, with an ice cream scoop because Kyle didn't want any ice cream. And then he tells Joy the truth about him not being dead. But he's clearly unbalanced, and he is not the same. Not to say that he was balanced in the first place, but now he's even more unbalanced. Meanwhile, somehow they brought Madame Gao back over national borders and international waters and are now holding her prisoner in Colleen's place. And they're going to use truth serum to make Gao tell the truth about Danny's parents. Danny goes to get truth serum from his uh, his pharmacies and Gao then when she's left with Colleen and Claire, she tries to get into their heads, tells Claire that. She gets involved with special people, hoping some of the specialness rubs off on her and then talks about Colleen's secret that she's hiding from Danny. Then Danny gets back with truth serum and it's truth serum time. And we find out the truth. Gao approached Wendell about joining the hand first, but he said no. And Harold said yes. And the rest is history. Meanwhile, Colleen is having some ill effects from the poison and tells him to call Bakudo. And then Gao's people try to rescue her, but they defeat them. And Bakudo defeats some of the, the last guys there. And then Bakudo helps Danny heal Colleen with the Iron Fist. But it uses up so much energy. Doesn't have any energy left. So Bakudo takes him and Colleen and Gao. And they leave being watched by a mysterious guy who has been looking for Danny all episode. So that is the mistress of all agonies. Samantha, thoughts about episode nine? Okay, this one I actually liked more. And 
this actually was a point where I I can't remember what I said in the voicemail. So if I if I am contradicting myself, that's too bad, past Samantha. Well, but you know, past Samantha and future Samantha are different people. Yes, um, but going through this, I actually kind of liked this episode and the next one um, because there are the stories move quickly and there are some really serious moments and um, um, it, the pace is a little bit faster than what we have seen in previous episodes. There is definitely a lot, a lot going on. Yes. There, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of information coming at us. Um, now some of the information isn't necessarily new, but it's new to the characters, you know? So like we knew that Harold had agreed to join the hand, um, I guess it's new information that they approached Wendell first and then that's why they had him done in. But, um, yeah. And, and then the whole thing with Harold, that was a complete surprise to me when Harold died. I thought he was dead. I thought he was done. I thought he was gone. And then he rises, <laughs> rises from the, the murky waters of the lake. And then the whole th him walking through the city and interacting with people as he's going through and, and, you know, his, his memory slowly returning to him. Um, that was that was fun and that was interesting. Yes. And we are our policy is we do not talk about anything um, past the point of what episode we're talking about right now. And so we're not going to talk about anything with the defenders or anything with the hand as far as resurrections in the future. Um, but I thought this was pretty funky, wild stuff. And. You know, if this just continues to happen and continues to happen and each time, you know, if Harold dies, he comes back and he's even more unhinged. Uh, there's some really interesting possibilities with that. I mean, there's just really interesting possibilities right now with him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it's still unanswered. Does cutting off the head, what I call the Buffy the Vampire Slayer answer, mm -hmm. does cutting off the head, does that cure all? Uh, with the hand, does that make them dead? Dead? Not just meh. I'm gonna come back in a couple episodes. Dead. I, I still think that just from the way they showed it in Daredevil, that it that's the way it works. But dead, dead. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the uh, Buffy. Yeah, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer cure all. <laughs> yeah, just cut him off at the head. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then, as far as all the stuff with Gao, her interaction with Colleen and Claire. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I thought that was good. Yeah. She, she was, um, creepy. <laughs> she is really good at just oh. digging in to the one thing, you know, and, and she clearly has, she has enhanced knowledge about people. She, she knows things she shouldn't know. When, yes. you know, she's talking about Claire. Now, Colleen, she's talking about you're keeping a secret from Danny. And we'll talk about that secret in the next episode. Um, and that's something that maybe she should and could know. But talking about Claire getting involved with super people when, you know, how, how does she know who Claire is? You know, how, what does she know about Claire? And is it just that she's super insightful? Or is there something slightly more than that? Or do they just keep tabs on everyone as soon as they come in contact with, um, you know, someone that they're interested in? So, okay, oh, here's a person who's spending time with with Danny Rand. 
let's find out about her. Um, yeah. But whatever it is, she does have the insight to be able to dig in and say, this is the one thing that I can say that's going to push your buttons. It doesn't work really with either of them well, but it works enough to unsettle them. Yeah. Um, I don't, there's a clear Madame Gal, the actress or the, the actress who plays her is she's, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's just amazing to watch. And you can tell that these, this characterization in this series and the lines are not entirely Madame Gal's lines that you would have heard her say in previous episodes, or she wouldn't have done things a certain way. Or I honest, honestly don't think she would have sat in that chair the entire time. I think she could have gotten out herself. It's just, she was, well, I'm not going to say, but we'll talk about it in the next episode. Oh, yeah. Um, or no, I can get, I can say it uh, because Bakudo shows up. She wanted to get to him somehow. Um, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. So, um, she's, I, she could get out of the chair. I mean, let's just, could. let's just say that right now. I mean, she is staying in the chair. Yeah. She's choosing that. She let them take her all the way from China. There's no way they could have transported her that far without her at any point saying, I, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. <laughs> and you can't keep me here anymore. You know, I've, uh, watched this character of Madame Gao and I've wondered if she was a previous contender for the position of Iron Fist. I mean, was Iron Fist created before or after the hand? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a legacy of both of them and they both have ties to Kunlun. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know the exact history there. We'll find out more history in the next episode. Yeah. Um, it's just, I've wondered if if the Iron Fist did exist before the hand, if she could have been a possible contender because she has a lot of power that is superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. And what I find interesting about Madame Gao is she has been one of the most interesting characters of. I guess she wasn't in Luke Cage or or Jessica Jones, but. In, in Daredevil, she was really a cool character. Yeah. A really cool character. And here, she's a really cool character. And she's – it's fun when, when you see them, you know, creators come up with a, a villain who's unique. And I guess the unassuming old lady who's really so super powerful isn't necessarily completely 100% unique. I'm, I'm sure plenty of people have done it in the past. But it works so well. And what makes it work is the actress who's playing Madame Gao and clearly having a fun time playing this character. And she she has a presence that, you know, puts Kingpin in his place. Yes. Uh, but then she also has this playfulness to her that becomes or that makes her even more menacing because she's evil, but she's playful and and she's able to just work her way into your head. So I, I like Madame Gao and that's one of the best, I, I'd say one, one of the best things about Iron Fist. Yeah. And Madame Gao and Claire are definitely welcome faces to see from series to series. Yes. 
though clear there ha- there have been many moments like why are you here yeah yeah <laughs> she's there because she signed a contract that allowed yeah. her to be in the series but they had to really work hard to make it and it's not natural you know <laughs> it's not natural storytelling that flows the way you know where you feel like oh this all makes sense the way it's happening yeah it, it but it is what it is and yeah. and what it is is a character we really like and i think i'm a little more forgiving because of of that that the claire is a character that we like so yeah uh the iron fist does not just punch it heals thoughts yeah i i at this point i'm wondering how much training did danny really receive before he became the iron fist yeah because or after you, even or after i mean did, did he leave kunlun like the next day <laughs> I'm the Iron Fist, and because now <laughs> I don't know I, what I'm going to u- use it for, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just two days after. Because um, there seems to be a heck of a lot more to being the Iron Fist that he was not told a word about. No, and the whole healing thing. That would have been something you would think would be like on page one of the instruction manual. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I know in the military and basic training, that's one of the first things you learn is first aid. Yeah. Well, OK, yeah. So maybe not page one of the training manual, but it's definitely in the table of contents. You know, that's, oh, yes. that's where you say, OK, now you're the Iron Fist. You are going to be able to defend our gates and you are going to be able to heal your fallen comrades, and you're going to be able to punch so hard. And, you know, just those are the things. And what else can it do? That's the other thing I'm wondering. Okay, can the Iron Fist be used to, like, I don't know, open portals? Or, you know, there's, there's, if he doesn't know this stuff, is there more to it? Is this less like a knife and more like a Swiss knife, a Swiss Army knife? Yeah. Though I do like the symbology that to heal, he has to open his hand after his cheese been activated. Um, Because a fist is closed. It's offensive or defensive, depending on what, on what you're doing. I think with the iron fist, it would be defensive, but to open the hand that's, that's like in supplication, that's giving, um, that's, it's a, very humble gesture to open a, a hand. Uh, so I, I like that the iron fist yeah. doesn't, you know, punch somebody and that heals them. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's why when you greet someone, you greet them with, uh, you know, for our culture, anyway, you greet them with a handshake. It's right. an open hand. It's two open hands that clasp each other and the salute, you know, which started, um, like in, in days of old or whatever, but the salute to someone else who's coming down the road at you, they see that you have an empty hand and yeah, I, that is, yeah, I like that. that that's good insight. Insight into the meaning of the fist. Yes. So. Though I am, I, I agree. I do want to know more about what the iron fist can do. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. maybe we'll find some more in the next 
episode. Before we move to that, anything else you want to cover? Mysterious Bakuda. We learn more about him in the next episode, so yeah. He is mysterious. Yes. But only for, yeah, until the next episode. Yes. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next episode. Ah, uh, Agent Daniel here, back from an absence. Yeah, that's right. I miss the mistress of all agonies. Because when I watched, it felt a little awkward calling in from a bus full of teenagers. So, no call in on that one. Though I did, boom, wait, Harold, alive? What? What? And they're closest to you when you come back from the dead over and over again. So his, his assistant, Mr. Ice Cream. Uh, you know it was coming the minute you put out that ice cream. Just add some vanilla, buddy. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about Black Tiger Steel's heart. <sighs> yeah. Danny, I feel like your heart's been stolen. There's a good hand, there's a bad hand, there's multiple hands. There's right hand, left hand, good hand, bad hand. And Colleen, Miss Wing, you're part of this? Yeah, it's a little upsetting. I mean, I totally feel like she loves loves Danny. But is this enough for him to make a spot in his heart for another? Like this day. I don't know. So, I mean, uh, Harold's stuff interesting. Harold's coming back. Where's Ward? Look, not here this whole episode. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Davos, that was exciting. That was cool. Of course, I know ultimately betrayal has to happen, right? Betrayal must happen. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, we're going to war against the hand. We now know that the sensei is a bad guy, and now running the hand, Gao has got the ability to look through TVs. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I liked it, but at the same time, as I sit here thinking, I'm, I'm just wondering, can we progress far? So, I don't know. I don't know. As everybody knows, I really, really, really want to love Iron Fist. Not just like it, but love it. And... You know, I'm seeing my icon Claire is coming, so maybe that'll help. So, until then, peace out later. Bye. Okay, 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 okay. I just finished season one, episode ten of Iron Fist. I'm not even going to try to remember the name of it because no one can. Past Ben, future Ben. What's the name of the episode? I'm sure you'll tell us. Or have told us. Anyway, finally, it gets interesting. I actually watched it in chunks because, um, yeah, it's been really tough to watch these episodes. But finally, something's happening. I feel like there's um, a little bit of development. Oh, oh, we got to see, we got to understand, or we have a tidbit of maybe why Danny left Kunlun. That's an interesting thing. It's a, it's a it's a it's a thing to ponder and then mull over and why, why did that happen? Um, Colleen goes against the hand. Who is not Madame Gao or is one hand does not know what the other hand is doing? I think that's biblical. It might be. Uh, so anyway, I, you know, it's nice to see that it's getting good again. I, I felt I do feel like it was a little bit of a lull. Um, I am. 
on Danny's side because, you know, I just got done watching The Hand in uh, Marvel's Daredevil Season 2 being not great. Not great at all. Not no, not not good. So maybe this is like many factions of the hand. Maybe there's fingers on the hand. So like Madame Gao is like the pinky finger, and then like you know Bukudo and his people are like maybe the thumb, and then like oh okay, this is too good. I just thought of this. I'm not. I'm I just thought of this. Maybe like the 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 the. the Hand in Daredevil season two is like the middle finger. Okay. I'm probably the sauciest on this podcast. So if Ben edits this, you know, more power to him. All right. Peace out later. Bye. Hi, this is past Samantha. I just finished watching Iron Fist episode 10 of season one. Uh, Bushido, I caught on pretty quickly that he was after the Iron Fist's power, if not to destroy the Iron Fist. Um, could you imagine the Iron Fist working for the Hand? That would be pretty crazy. But it sounds like something an evil mastermind would come up with. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. What to say. I actually did like this episode. I thought it was a little bit more interesting. Uh, don't know what's going on uh, with Madame Gao. It's a little confusing with the different factions of the hand, which, okay, I understand that now. Um, but, yeah, now I'm kind of actually really interested in seeing the next episode. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm being pushed to see it just, just for the podcast. Uh, all right, I will catch you guys later. Bye. Wait, wait, wait. So... Let me get this straight. Colleen was with the hand all along. Not only was she with the hand, she was running a recruitment center for them. She went along with Danny to go and fight the hand because it's another faction of the hand that's a bad guy hand, but she's part of the good guy. Come on, guys. Guys. People, 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 showrunners or whatever. Uh, past Ben, it's me, it's me, Past Ben. Wait, you're Future Ben, I'm Past Ben. Doesn't matter. We're all on the same side here, right? I mean, we're all on the same side here, right? And it's it's ridiculous. Yes, we can agree with that. Um. I mean, the whole hand thing itself was kind of neat to see, you know, where do these people come from? Those people, those ninja who are coming in in the middle of the night and destroying things and killing people and fighting and stuff. Back in Daredevil, they they had families, they had lives, they had places, they, came, they had parents. You know, it's nice to see them. Let's explore that. Let's go there. But she happens to be part of the hand. She's been keeping it a secret from Danny Rand and it's, Oh, come on. I mean, look, this is still not terrible. But it's borderline now. I mean, this is three episodes in a row. Eight, nine, and ten have all just been... Ooh, okay. So, I'm... Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not looking forward to rewatching it. You know, I'm, I want to figure out, okay, so this next... You know, in the summer, when we do this again, we, we watch Danny Rand do all this stuff. Uh, is there any stuff to talk about other than, 
Yeah, I'm going to complain because this is not good. It's not good. It just feels off. It feels so coincidental, and it's not earned coincidence, and it's not that general first coincidence, you know. He happens to meet a member of the hand on the street. Uh, okay. Meet some stuff. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, that's it. This is past Ben signing out. Future Ben, we're on the same side, right? We gotta be on the same side. All right, Black Tiger steals heart. Um, I don't know what this move is, but all of the episode titles are based on actual martial arts moves from I don't know what China. Well. But, but what uh, is it? Kung Fu or is it some some other form of martial arts or is it just a bunch it, of them? Do you know? It's Kung Fu, which is Chinese based. And I'm what Aikido is Japanese based. And okay. yeah, so I don't ask me. <laughs> well, but I, you know, the Black Tiger steals heart. I don't know what that move looks like, but I want to see it. That sounds like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, some of these moves do sound really cool. Um, They're probably not as cool as they sound. Some of them I may actually know, and I just don't know it because it's I know it by a different name. Like uh, felling tree with roots, I, I may call that the drunken grandma. Because <laughs> really, in Aikido, we do have these moves, but we have this one in my dojo we call the drunken grandma. Because what do you do with grandma at Thanksgiving when she gets drunk? Oh, you swing her around and, you know, plop her down in the chair. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Black Tiger Steel's heart just sounds more romantic. Yeah, <laughs> so, it does. It's the most romantic of the Kung Fu moves. Yes. <laughs> so this episode starts out and it feels almost kind of Twilight Zone-y um, because we open and we're in this kind of weird college campus. It's like the it's like Shangri-La High or something um, where it's just everyone's friendly. Everyone's positive. Everyone's very welcoming to Danny and and Danny and Bakudo. They recharge their key, chi, chi, chi uh, together, and they they do moves together that they both know. And and there's definitely a connection there as far as some form of of history together. Uh, even though they don't know each other, they definitely share background. Um, Danny gets a civics class from Bakudo, uh, complete with educational movie. Uh, where he, they, Bakuto talks about how the world is run by corporations and there's people like Gao and, uh, they're in power, but with Iron Fist and Bakuto together with that power, uh, Bakuto and, and Danny could stop it all. And he shows Danny, uh, this old film from 1948 where an Iron Fist of the past defeated a whole bunch of Chinese soldiers. And, and it's cool to see. I, I, um, yeah, kind of breaking my, my train here, but um, it is cool to see that that little film is really, really neat. And you wonder who yeah. shot the film, you know, but. Um, well, we don't know because obviously he's dead now. Yeah, yeah. One and, way or another. <laughs> but just I, I love it when in a show like this where there's been some form of legacy, um, you get to see pieces of that legacy. You, know, you get to see this this past Iron Fist do his thing. And it's something Danny had never seen before. 
And it's probably something he'd heard of, if not that particular situation. He definitely knew there were other Iron Fists in the past, but it was, you know, for Danny, that's a that's something he had never gotten to see. Right. And it's not just one fist that was glowing. It was both of them. And they were it stayed glowing for a good for, I think, just about the entire video yeah, well, or the entire film. This the guy clearly had a mastery that Danny does not have. Yes, and it, that's another thing that's kind of cool is okay. That's the potential right there. You know, yeah. that's that's what I can be someday. Yes, if if he makes it that far. So, anyway, Bakudo wants to work with Iron Fist, and he has absolutely. I mean, there, there's no way this guy has nefarious. Uh, motives behind what he's saying to to Danny. There's no way, right? Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, Harold and Joy, Harold and Joy call Danny for help um, with their whole uh, situation that they've got going on with the uh, the business, and they get good news when when Harold hears about Gao, and then we get to see Harold is is still unbalanced and he breaks some glasses because he's crazy. Meanwhile, Bakudo was listening to the call. And traces the call later on. He then meets with Harold. He's in power now and he's, he's going to make plans with Harold and how he's going to use Harold in ways that Gao never did. Um, but meanwhile, Danny is, is looking for Gao and she finds, he finds this uh, monitoring station and, and she through the camera teases him about who these people are and that they're lying to him and that they are the hand. And so Danny confronts Colleen and she says, yeah, we're the hand, but we're the good hand. Gao is rogue hand. And these hand are good guy hand. And the hand's not so bad. And your monks who, you know, were borderline abusive with you as a child, uh, <laughs> they might be wrong about things. And the reason she didn't tell him was because Danny's mission is to destroy the hand. And, you know, the way he went about doing it caused her to think twice about, you know, telling him. Um but it obviously creates a rift between Danny and Colleen, which is totally understandable. And we'll talk about this revelation and what you thought about it and stuff when when we're done here. But wow. Anyway, eventually Danny and Bakudo fight and Danny's about to lose. But the mysterious guy from the previous episode episode is Davos from Kunlun. And he's there to help. And they beat up some college students and escape with Colleen's help. So we end the episode with Joy totally getting back in power at Rand Enterprises because she used that information uh, that she had gotten and and it actually leads to uh, what looks like a suicide for one of, the, one of the people who were you know in her way. Harold wants to kill Bakudo or Bakado. I can't say his name right. Bakuto. But Harold wants him dead, that guy. Uh, Colleen is now wandering around to the... Lonely Man piano theme from the end of the Incredible Hulk episodes. <laughs> and Davos wants to take Danny back to Kunlun because they were abandoned by him. He abandoned his post. Danny's a mess. He can't even summon the Iron Fist. And it, it's it's just a mess. You, you need to come with us. And that's how we end it, which is actually when it comes right down to it. This episode is a great cliffhanger. All of the pieces coming together at the end of this episode could have been a season finale yeah where it just leaves you hanging like oh what's gonna happen but it's not so 
This is episode 10. Episode 11 is just around the corner. If you're watching on Netflix, it's starting right now. The 10 seconds of credits have passed and it is automatically playing the next episode. But I loved this ending as far as as far as that goes. Yeah, and this episode opened up it answered a couple questions and it opened up more and it's this oddly enough even though that Danny and Colleen were sort of at odds with each other. This is the episode where I'm like, okay, I'm cool with Danny and Colleen being together. Mm. There was something about this episode where they finally make sense as a couple. They click. Yeah, they click. Um, And I finally started to like them together. I just didn't like the way that they got together in the beginning. And (laughs) so, of course, this is the episode where, you know, they're pulled apart. Right. Like, yeah. Um, but, oh gosh, Madame Gal talking through that camera. Uh, in the previous episode, I questioned, can she read minds? Or does she just know this plethora of information before she met these people? Um, and this episode makes me think, oh no, she can read minds. There's something unnatural, if not supernatural. Correct. Yeah. Sure. It's more than she can punch through walls like the Iron Fist. And and she's doing the same thing here that she was doing with Claire and Colleen. She's using she she's getting into Danny's head. Yes. And and she's doing it speaking into a camera that there's no way she should be able to know that he can see her at that point. There's or no hear way. her. But, or talk to her. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. There's something unnatural or supernatural. And she's a formidable foe. Yes. Yeah, yes. I like her a lot. I like her a lot. And again, why on earth? I mean, if they narrowed down, like, say, both Davos and Danny as possible candidates for the Iron Fist, as soon as they were narrowed down as possible candidates, why didn't they start training them about the Iron Fist at that time? About what the Iron Fist can do, you yeah, know, yeah. about, you know, c- you know, centering their chi and all this. Why weren't they taught that before they even went to go fight the dragon? Totally. Like, you are the two best crop dusting pilots that we have in the county. And so now we're going to put you in an F-16. <laughs> Fly it, man. Fly it. I <laughs> It's just, yeah, that's a good analogy. The, the people of Kunlun, they're like Danny. Like, I, I don't get a sense for them being able to plan things out well, you know, and, and Danny, I don't, you know, he, he comes, he doesn't really have a plan he's just going for with it, going for it. And, um, I just get that feeling with them too, where they, they, they just threw him out there. And, yeah. you know, no wonder he abandoned his post. I, he, he was not ready for the Iron Fist at no, all. And he doesn't have a sense of mission. I mean, this is poor leadership. You know, you, yeah. you have your your young person who needs to learn and who's hungry to learn. Um, but you need to give them purpose, too. You know, you give purpose to the things you're teaching them to do. And and give them opportunity to use the information and skills that you're teaching them um, so that they can then be ready for it when it happens in the real the real world or the real workplace or whatever. But 
Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll find out more about Kunlun later. Kunlun. All these words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying gal, no. right though. So at least I've got that going for me. The, the only justification I can see of choosing Danny as the Iron Fist was um, that the Iron Fist had to leave um, Kunlun in order to defeat the Hand. And Danny had the connections to New York City. Yeah. Where it, it seems that there are a couple within the vicinity. So that's the only justification I could come up with. Well, I mean, his mission is the Hand. Yes. Um, and so I mean, maybe it's one of those weird prophecies where – not that there's a prophecy involved, but like a prophecy where you think it means one thing and then it turns out it means another. You know? And so his job is to – he's a sworn defender of Kunlun and he actually does kind of act that out by, by going to New York and fighting, fighting the hand. Yes. But – yeah. Okay. So, Colleen is hand. She's yes. been part of the hand. Not only that, she's recruiting for the hand. And the hand, so all those ninja who come, now these are Bakudos. Bukado. These are not Gao's hand who are here at this, um, <laughs> you know, this, this, uh, um, yeah. Shangri-La hand university. Um, but this is where they come from. They're disenfranchised youth. They're, they're people who need a place to belong. And so all those ninja who are being killed in the hospital, they're not evil people necessarily. They're people who have bought into a vision that was sold to them. That's not a bad vision. And so when it tells them to do bad things, they don't think twice. Or if they do think twice, they think, okay, I've got a mission to do this thing that's a bad thing, but it must be a good thing because everything else we do is good. And it puts a face on the ninja behind the mask. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Now, I don't necessarily like the face that they give it, which for here is all of these college students or college age students. There might even be some you know homeless high school students in, in there. And um, But these are people that that Colleen helped get scholarships for. And is this what the scholarships were for? Was to come here? It, I almost get that impression. Yeah. You know, I don't know how the scholarship works, um, unless maybe a university education is something outside of this place, but is connected to this place. You know, because you want to have educated warriors on your hands uh, who are able to help and able to go out into the world um, and not just wear a ninja mask, but also be able to integrate and do things in all th other places. But Man. Is it a is it a school of gifted youth <laughs> in upstate New York? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's I, the other school of gifted youth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this. I, I like the idea. Yeah, and and uh, I don't necessarily like the episode. Um, the fight at the end is is not wonderful. Um, no. and, and the idea that they are, you know, they're just beating up college students. <laughs> now these are skilled, highly skilled ninja college students, but, or potentially they're, they're ninja in training, Samantha, these people are, youth. yes, 
these people are you. But yeah, they yeah. <laughs> so they're not they're not a hundred percent in their skills, but yeah. no, but they seem to be doing a lot better than Danny. <laughs> well, that's because who you know has their been... instructors are a lot more open about what they can do. I know than Danny's were. Oh, I mean, so. I feel like. Like, you know, in in class growing up, the A and the B students sat towards the front. And then in the middle were the C students, you know, they're okay. And then you get the D and F students towards the back. I feel like Danny was sitting in the back. In the back corner, oh. leaning, leaning back in his chair, cracking yeah. wise with the kid sitting next to him. Looking yeah. out the window. I know the type. I've taught the type and I've been the type. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, the other thing I do like is that there are, you know, this is our first indi- in- indication that there are, you know, factions of the hand and that it's not just one monolith of a group. It's not just Cobra, um, but it's, you know, there's different leaders and, and different, different uh, factions. And I, I like that idea as well. Yeah. It adds to the world building. And it gives us new information without retconning or, or redoing the old information. So I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything more here with uh, Black Tiger Steel's heart before we move on to, well, to say goodbye? Um, no. All right. Well, we need to rate these episodes. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. Um, for episode eight, blessing of many fractures. Um, what do you want to give it? Uh, horn honks, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Does that work? I was going to say drunken monks, but yeah, that's horn honks. (laughs) That's that's okay. How many drunken monks do you give out of five to episode eight, The Blessing of Many Fractures? A solid two. I'm going with two as well. Yeah. Just as as much as I like what they're trying to do, it just doesn't work for me. In fact, well, that's okay. I'm going to make a a statement, but I'll I'll wait until after we rate the third one. Uh, Okay. So how many for episode nine, The Mistress of All Agonies? Um, 3.25. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my rating. Yes, ice cream scoops. Okay. 3.25 ice cream (laughs) scoops. All right. I'm I'm going to give it a three, but that's up from a two, but that's because this is almost a Swamp Monster movie. (laughs) Almost. Almost. But I'm going to give it a three. Uh, Three ice cream scoops. Um... And then episode 10, Black Tiger Steals Heart. First of all, what should we rate it with? Um, educational films? Yeah. Okay. How many educational films out of five do you give Black Tiger Steals Heart? Three and a half. Three and a half. And I'm, I'm going with a three. Okay. I'm going with a three. Solid three. Um, yeah. These three episodes are the reasons why I forgot about, uh, I think it was episode six that I really, really liked. Um, it, because as I'm thinking about the series and I'm thinking, you know, it's rewatchable 
and it's superhero. And, you know, compared to like Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones is definitely a better series, but I would rewatch Iron Fist before I would rewatch Jessica Jones because that was just so hard to watch. But at the same time, at the same time, these, these are the three episodes that just got me feeling down about the series as a whole. And, Uh. and this is what I remember is, is just the confusion and the directionlessness and, you know, there's an intentional directionlessness to Danny's character, I think. Although, then again, he clearly has direction. It has to do with his parents. Um, but, yeah, it's these three episodes that do it. And, yeah, because I had forgotten how much I liked that uh, episode six, I think it was, where he fights the three the three different warriors in, in the, the warehouse. Yeah. And I had forgotten all about that episode. And I think that was a really well done episode. Yeah. Yeah. These are the episodes that erased it from my mind. Mm. So, yeah, because they're so different. Yeah. So, so different. But you know what's funny, though? I'd much rather rewatch Jessica Jones than (laughs) than Iron Fist. Oh, man. (laughs) If If I want something on the background just to create noise, I'll put on Iron Fist. And there's definitely <laughs> noise, but I mean, they, they hit some Kung Fu movie beats for me. Like, like coming to the training school, you know, that's, that's, that's a trope in Kung Fu movies. And, uh, and then also, you know, battles between different schools of, of Kung Fu arts, um, where it, uh, that's happening here, but it just, it just isn't grabbing me the way I wanted it to grab me. And, you know, just the fact that Daniel, didn't even call in episode eight or nine. Now he says it was because he's on that bus with teenagers, you know, on the way to the, uh, Oh oh man, I just forgot what sport he coaches. Lacrosse. Yes. Lacrosse. (laughs) Oh, Daniel, I'm sorry. Uh, He watched, he's going to, you're going to get a a blurp later. Oh Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a text message from him later. Things will be you said. You should have known. You should yeah. have known. Yeah. <laughs> it's late. I'm tired. I had a whole day of work today that I wasn't anticipating. So anyway, um, Daniel says he was on the bus with a whole bunch of teenagers, and that's why he couldn't call in about those two episodes. But um, you can also hear in his voice, you know, he was so looking forward to this, and it just didn't live up to it. And And that's the thing for me. So much potential. And yeah. so many things that I was, this, this is one of those times when I built this up in my head and, and then it didn't deliver what I was looking forward to. So, yeah, honestly, I think the biggest problem to this entire series was it was put in the hands of somebody who didn't really have the experience to, to fulfill or really didn't have a vision, a full vision. Mm-hmm. Of what Iron Fist was. Um, and that was really just a disservice to not just Iron Fist, but the preceding series with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil. It just, it really brings them down. It does, instead of extending the story. In my opinion, it does extend the story, but it, it also brings those other shows down in a way. Yeah. 
it's just kind of sad. And then you have Daniel, who is just disappointed, and I feel bad for him. Because <laughs> I was looking forward to it, too. Because you guys were just so excited about the series, and it didn't happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, we'll live, but this definitely... I mean, people are calling this the worst thing in the MCU. Yeah. And uh, Even worse than the Hulk movies, because those really didn't go over well. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're saying. Yeah. I don't know if they're necessarily thinking through, like, all of them and saying, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, the Hulk movie. Well, yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily happening. But they... They're calling it the worst thing of the MCU. Now, that doesn't mean it's terrible because the MCU stuff is generally really, really good. But yeah. Yeah. So this is what we're stuck with. And yeah. a lot of sighing. And we're going to talk about, you know, the next pod soon. Uh, although scheduling wise, I think we have Inhumans happening before then. So, Yeah. That's a big deal. And some people are now calling that the worst thing in the MCU. Um, we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Uh, everyone will see soon, soon enough. And you might have actually already seen in humans by the time this episode hits your iPod or your whatever else, whatever other kind of pod catching device you use. So, yeah, well, with all that said, Samantha, I think it's time for us to, to close this episode down and say goodbye to our listeners. So any, any final words for you? Um, yeah. When in doubt, center your chi. And um, I just want to thank everyone for listening and thank everyone for supporting us and, and just um, – spending this time enjoying watching what might be the worst part of the MCU that we've had come toward us, but it's fun to watch because we get to talk about it with, with each other and with you. And I just wanted to give you guys a report, uh, about my, my latest vacation last weekend. Um, some people were wondering what I did. And, and so I just wanted to let you guys know that, uh, Oh, you know, we, we committed arson and they got killed by an evil ninja cult. It was great. What did you do this weekend? Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 17755-LEVEL7. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven, or by following us on Twitter where we are level seven pod. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us until next time. Godspeed.
Hi, this is Agent Samantha, and I have a very special guest. Hi, it's Field Agent Boyfriend. <laughs> um, while uh, we on uh, Welcome to Level 7 were discussing going to go see Inhumans and IMAX, um, I was looking at my local options, and I couldn't do that because reasons. There's pesky reasons. Um, but... While looking at that, I noticed a couple weeks later, E.T. was going to be in theaters, and I got very excited about it. I spoke to my boyfriend about it, and he told me he had never seen E.T. So, I tried looking, trying to schedule when we could go see it in the theater. It didn't work out. Instead, I found out, hey, it's on Netflix. So, we just watched it on Netflix tonight. And uh, we had a big old bowl of, of Reese's Pieces while we were watching it. Um, and I loved it. It really took me back. Um, I think I would have appreciated it more if I'd seen it as a kid. Definitely seems to be geared towards a younger audience. It's got a nice little sense of wonder about it. But I think all of my uh, sci-fi experiences that I've had so far have sort of spoiled it for me. Oh no, so you were too old to see E.T. I was too old to see E.T. You know what? Sometimes, if we ever have a moment again where something is shot from the point of view from a child, maybe we should do it and watch watch it for the first time for you in a situation where there are children around? Oh yeah, definitely some either, you know, younger brother or sister, maybe some uh, nieces and nephews get some of them at it. Yes. Yeah, or maybe you know, we're we're you're babysitting for a friend and I don't know, maybe you've never seen the show or the movie Hook? I have seen that one. That one I did get to see as a okay. child. So. But say for example. Oh yes. Yeah, cuz um that movie from people who, most people who have seen that movie as an adult, they really didn't enjoy it that much. But man, I love Hook because that was a movie that was geared towards towards children, and yeah. So yeah. Anyways, uh, my my going off topic rambling. <laughs> I, I liked Hook at the time because I was a child, but uh, looking back, the, the Rufio skateboarding cheese might have been a bit much. Oh, it's so cheesy, <laughs> but I think it's deliciously cheesy. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have anything else to add? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. But yeah, did you tear up a little bit at the end? Just a tiny bit. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. You didn't. Oh, no. I did. I usually do. You know, maybe if it, if it had been a movie that I had seen as a child that made me tear up back then then yeah, I probably would have gotten those feelings again and teared up. But I, I just don't have the history for it. Ah, uh, oh well. Okay, well, thank you for tolerating coming on, making a special guest appearance. It was certainly a decent movie, and I don't mind your company. Okay, of course. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye.